0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Filmmaker, editor, teacher, and lifelong student, Michael Torres, combined his love of history and storytelling with his passion for metaphysical studies to create art that uplifts, inspires, and unites. He's the founder and director of the Museum of Puerto History, an online cultural center and pop-up museum experience. His first installation, The Gods of Puerto Rico, is a 12-part documentary series on Afro-Puerto Rican revolutionary Albizu Campos and his quest for freedom. Michael has created original content for Fox Sports, Spotify, Spotify, Studios, the NFL Network, ESPN, and YouTube originals. When he's not in production, Michael is a teacher of metaphysical studies and meditation at the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles. And Michael, I understand you have been a friend of Carol Dean for many years, and you even took her intentional filmmaking class, right?
2: I have, yes, and and thank you, Claire. Uh, um, it, was a important step in my uh, filmmaking process taking that class, and a lot of the principles that we learn in the intentional filmmaking class, I think you can really uh, apply to trailer editing and, and crafting that first uh, that first demo of your project
1: indeed yes I've heard this from a lot of filmmakers too as well. many people have have said just that same sentiment. So you are a brilliant filmmaker Michael and you have very important historical documentary project <clears throat> you're also uh paying the bills with <laughs> with your talent for editing trailers as well right
2: Absolutely and and you know that that's the uh I think the big challenge is learning how to uh to wear multiple hats to be able to move your projects and your visions forward while still be able to you know, manage your responsibilities. And so I'm grateful that I didn't have to leave my world of filmmaking to, uh, to pay the bills. <laughs> so, yeah, and, <laughs> and I, I just adore editing, too, so it's great. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and I know you've been working on your film, this documentary that I just mentioned, for many years, and your dedication to the filmmaking process started many years ago as well. How did you, how did you found this story, I mean, what, what brought you to even want to begin to create this story, Michael?
2: Well, that's, uh, um, it's been a long journey. And, you know, for me, it actually started as a child. Um, I am one of um, millions of Puerto Ricans that grew up in the United States. There are actually more Puerto Ricans living in the United States than on the island itself. And so I grew up uh, what's called a Eurecan and very much separated from my history. And so for me, um, I, I, I remember there was instance when I was a kid, they used to have the Puerto Rican Day Parade in New York every June. And uh, I, uh, leading up to the parade, people would be selling, you'd see uh, flags for sale everywhere and, tacky t-shirts that read 100% Puerto Rican and I had to have one so I got myself a t-shirt that said 100% Puerto Rican in big bold letters and when I showed it to my mom mm-hmm. she was like well yeah but you're not Puerto Rican you're an American and that really rattled me a little bit I didn't realize it at the time mm-hmm. but it kind of sparked a bit of an identity crisis and so I you know uh. yes I I chanted USA USA when I watched the Olympics and 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 loved and am proud to be an American but I felt Puerto Rican I grew up in the South Bronx and it's a uniquely Puerto Rican community it's a place where you know you don't necessarily my grandmother never had to learn English or assimilate into American culture because Puerto Rican culture was alive and thriving in our neighborhood and so I very much felt Puerto Rican and so for me it just kind of sparked this this desire to learn more about my history and almost prove myself to be a good Puerto Rican. And so I discovered this story about Albizu Campos. And when I discover his story, I start to understand the relationship between the United States, between Puerto Rico, and and, and realize that it's through this story I can understand my place in America. I can, it gives me a, a greater context to understand uh, what it is to be a Puerto Rican in the United States and why I'm having some of the experiences mm-hmm. I was having. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And, you know, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to what you just said, no matter what background or, or um, you know, ancestry they have as well. It's just, it, it all translates to the same thing, which is we are many things. We are yes. many people. Yes. So Absolutely. Now. Oh. Go ahead, please.
2: Oh, no, I was just going to add on to that. I I really do think the story is universal because I, I what what it gets to the heart of is unpacking the stories that we tell ourselves in our youth. And where did we get these beliefs? Why do we believe the things we believe? And so I think there's really real value in examining, you know, not just our own personal history, but our cultural history as well can can kind of clue us in to, to some of the experience we're having in, in present day.
1: Absolutely. Well, since you became committed to this story, which, um, you know, you have a lot of passion in it, which that also helps the story to carry very well. Um, you've expanded your filmmaking talents from uh, being a filmmaker to a writer, a producer, and now you're working as a film editor. So tell us about that.
2: Uh, film editing is uh, I kind of stumbled, stumbled into it so I got it my filmmaking journey began kind of on the back roads uh, so while I was in college I wasn't really clear um, what I wanted to do in life and, uh, and so I, uh, I was doing some acting in New York for a while and um, actually found myself wanting to, uh, to create my own content so that I can act in my own shorts because i didn't have an outlet to demonstrate my skill and so i was like oh well i'll shoot my own films and i'll act in my own movies and in the process i started taking workshops and i ended actually ended up in uh my first filmmaking workshop was a place called Bronxnet, it was a public access television station in the bronx at lehman college and um i got behind the camera and i never went back i fell in love uh as soon as i i picked up a camera for the first time and 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 got to edit for the first time, and so my uh, one of my first short films um, I did right around 2000, and this was right when Final Cut Pro had come out. I mean, weeks before I started uh, editing this film, uh, Third World Newsreel, which was another uh, nonprofit uh, uh, filmmaking program uh, in New York City. I was taking a, a course there, and they gave me access to a Final Cut Pro uh, setup. Nobody knew how to use it. They just gave me the manual <laughs> said good luck and, uh, and And here I am, you know twenty plus years later uh, I 've I've never stopped cutting and, and so I really uh, um, I really love crafting and, and really the experiment, the experimentation process you get to do in, in editing is so fulfilling, you know just really just trying to to, to mess things up and put them back together and, and see what, you know, just throw things at the wall and see what sticks. It's really a fun, uh, a really fun process for me.
0: Thank you, Mark. Well, Carol, it Carol has joined us. Hi. Oh, please, go ahead, Carol. You know, um, Peter Falk, And Cassavetes had screened uh, a film that they had made. And so when they left the screening room, Cassavetes asked, Falk, did you like it? And he said, that's incredible. And he said, well, I'm glad you said that because you'll never see it again. I'm going back tomorrow and re-edit. And and that's where he became so great because – he says, when you think you've got something really great, tear it apart, do it again, you can do better. And yeah. that was his motto. So I understand it's really fun, isn't it, to edit?
2: Oh, I, I I love it, Carol. I mean, there's it's wonderful because you could put you know two editors or, or two two groups of filmmakers in a room together, and they'll they'll come up with something completely different with the same material. It's it's beautiful because you're you're applying your own filter, your own way. You know the way you see life, the way you 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 know your experiences. A piece of you goes into that edit, and, and so it's a really vulnerable process. And you do get to just you know this might be working, but what if I tried it this way? And I think that's the key question in, in, in the editing process is what if, or does this work or can this work? And you constantly want to try new things and not, you know, not fall into a, a, a template, if you will.
0: Right. Well, I know you've been working hard on the Pedro Abuzo Campos documentary, I, I think your dedication to filmmaking is incredible because you have expanded that film to such a, a large extent that you really have the energy of the country, the flavor of the country, the food, the music—all of it is part of your documentary, right?
2: Absolutely, and, and so again, you know, going back to, to that idea of you know you're, you're, you're representing your, your the way you view the world. So I got to. Um, you know, as a, as a New Yorican, I didn't go to Puerto Rico for the first time until I was in my 30s. And so I got to, to, to come to the island with fresh eyes. And, and, and so it was just really uh, beautiful to, to experience the culture fresh uh, from that perspective and to try to articulate it from a New Yorican's perspective. Like, what is, you know, how does, how did, I, what was my experience of the island as, as an outsider, so to speak?
0: Right, right. So now, here's the thing with filmmakers is that uh, documentarians need a uh, application, and they have to have a trailer, because we in our film grant, you know, I see that you can't win if you don't get a film grant uh, without a trailer. You've got to have something to show us that you know how to make a film. And it can only be two minutes, but it has to be a visual statement that has three acts and makes us want more, right?
2: Absolutely, and it, it seems like such a catch-22, right? You have to you have to show the film so that someone gives you permission to make the film, um, but but I really do think it's an opportunity and, and to to conduct experiments with your film to find out what the visual language is, to find out what's working, what's not working. I think you can get really far with your film in that trailer editing phase because you'll, you'll learn a lot about yourself and your material in that process.
0: Right. So let's talk about the different types of trailers. Let's start with that. I know there is a sizzle and then there is the funding trailer. So what else is there and what do you always recommend?
2: Well, I always say, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think even so, – so a sizzle can be anything from 30 seconds to, let's say, two minutes. Uh, you want it fast-paced, but like you, like you said, you want it to have a three-act structure. Or at the very least, clearly communicate an idea. It, what, what I, I think a, a sizzle should be the vibe of your film or the spirit of your film is really what you're trying to articulate. What's this feel like? Um, and, and even and then a a, uh, a funding reel might be something like like the uh, NEH will ask for fifteen minutes of of your film, and so what that is 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 really an exploration of how you're going to tell the story. What is it? Uh, what are the, the elements of the story? Taking a scene, a, a complete scene, and, and laying it out from you know from from, from A to Z. And um, and stringing together sequences, but even in a funding even in a funding trailer, I want the I want that element of a reel right up front. And whether it's a if it's a sizzle reel or it's a funding trailer, in that first thirty seconds or so, I really want whoever's watching this to know what this is about, why we're making this, um, you know, who the who the main characters are, and what it is we're trying to convey. And then we can you know we we can uh, get moody with it, but I want to answer those questions right up front. So whether it's a 30-second you know, sizzle, a, a, a two-minute trailer, or a 15-minute demo, um, we want to kind of excite the, the viewer and, and then also um, leave them in a place where they want more. Uh, they, 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 we want to tease them, so to speak.
0: Yes, so let me get this I want to make sure we get this very clear. So we want to know what the film is about, we want to meet the main characters and and create the essence of the film in the trailer, is that what you're saying?
2: And, and what the conflict is. What what do they conflict. want and why can't they get it? What's the problem? What are they going to do about that? And, and this doesn't apply obviously this is would you know wouldn't apply to every documentary. There's so many different uh uh forms, but in in I work in historical documentary or, or, or character-driven uh, work, and so those are the questions I'm trying to check off uh, you know, as, I'm, as I'm outlining a trailer. And that's something I think really important for, for filmmakers to consider. You know, before you even um, sit down to, to, to edit, I, I would go as far as you possibly can on paper and really, you know, try to articulate that vision on paper. I love uh, Stephen Pressfield, uh, uh, in, in his book *The War of Art*, um, talks about this idea of you know getting it on a on a single uh, le- you know sheet of legal pad, the the A, B, and C of your of your trailer. And when you can do that, I think um, your your funder will come along for the ride.
0: Okay. So, give us some examples that sounds wonderful. the A B C of the trailer
2: well like you like you said carol it's the it's the, the 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 opening the the middle and the end the you know act one, act two, act three, so that there's a movement there's there's you know if, if I'm introducing a character, there's a change in that character. They're different from where I met them by the end of that trailer or or funding reel um, so it, it's it's really just uh demonstrating. You can tell a story. You could tell a compelling story, and and, uh, and have a, a a good sense of how you're going to tell that story.
0: Well, as a grantor and watching trailers, I look for the first 5 to 10 seconds. Mm
2: -hmm. I find
0: it very interesting how you start your trailer. And one of the things I don't like is when you have to, when I get the title and the production company, and and sometimes they'll take up 10, 20 seconds uh, with who the producer and the director and all these things are. And I don't think that you really need that in a trailer. I think you need the story
2: oh yeah i i wanna i wanna splash a cold water as soon as i step in yeah i i mean you you know yeah you can uh uh you don't want uh Bog down the opening with your five-second animated logo and, and and you know a twenty-second moody drone or anything like that because I don't know what I'm watching and so you you know that that interest it's it's so delicate I, I want to engage with the viewer as soon as humanly possible so if I have an inciting line or an image, or a scene, or a moment that drops me into what this film is about, what the essence and the vibe is, then that's where I really want to lead off with.
0: That is great. That's exactly how it should be. Because people have to realize that uh, if you're applying for grants, they're going to be watching one after another after another. It's just how they do it. They get the judges together, and and uh, so... It, you have to stand out over the rest. And the faster you tell me the story, the more you wake me up, and I think, wow, this is a great film. Uh, and that's how it works. And then you say to the other judges, "What uh, you've got to see this trailer, right?" Right. Uh, right. So, yeah. And then if you are going to individuals, uh, say, if, you know, a family foundation, well. Um, they have to get the story, the essence of the story, and if possible, how this benefits humanity for a documentary. Or, uh, what is the uh, what is the benefit of the film? Features have benefits. Everything has a benefit. So, can you do you look for that to put it in the trailer?
2: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that, I think that's the first thing. When when I talk to a filmmaker, that's what I want to find out. What, why why is why is it that they need to make this film? And I emphasize the word need. It, it, it's there's the a story that's asking to be told. Why do you need? Are you the person to make this film? And and, and what is it that you're bringing to it of yourself? What, what what part of you is going into this that's going to resonate with others? Um, I really. I, I, and again, going back to, I, I mentioned this in the in the open, but. I, I, there's so much value in the intentional filmmaking class that you uh, that you offer, in just really identifying your sticky story. I can't tell you how valuable that's been in talking to other uh, talking to other filmmakers, you know, and, and prepping, you know, getting ready to to edit. Is you know, can you can you can you get this down in one line? And if you can, we're probably on our way to a good trailer. If you could clearly <laughs> explain your vision and your passion. Uh, we're 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 in good shape.
0: Oh, yes, thank you for that. I love this, this the sticky story. I think that book, uh, Made to Stick, by Dan and Chief, Chip Heath, is brilliant. Uh, But I've tried to take that and put it into the the things that are most important is something emotional, something concrete, uh, something credible, and something shocking and wrap that into a story. And the reason is because almost everyone you're going to ask for money has a significant other, mother, brother, someone they want to talk to about it. Usually, it's seldom you find the grant maker that will sit there and write the check. They want to talk to their family or friends. And so they have to then carry your film and pitch it to someone else. And so by making sure they get the essence of the film in your pitch or in your trailer, that's where you close them, right?
2: And that's about the attention span you're going to get from someone, too, right? You may have this (laughs) brilliant treatment that lays out every beat of the story. But if I can't if I can't kick it to you in an elevator and get you to understand it, or if I can't get you to understand it in two minutes, then I've lost you. That's it. That that you know we're, we're going to have to look for someone else for funding. Uh, um, so I mean, it's just so important to uh, to, to whittle this down to to a, 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 as concise as we can. Right.
0: Well, here's the big problem. I I sometimes hear filmmakers say, oh, I'm excited because I'm going today. I'm going to take some interviews, and I hope I get what I need for my trailer. Well, this is really not the way to plan an interview. You have to be really clear about your questions going in. Uh, to get to elicit the right answers, right? I really want you to try to explain to people where the trailer is born. It it starts before you ever take any interviews or before you do anything. It's what is it you want to tell us and how can you get that information?
2: Exactly. And I'm I'm so happy you're you're bringing this up. Um, It's, First, if you're going out and hoping you you capture what you need for your trailer, then then you haven't articulated a vision for yourself to to go and film, right? You 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 need to be intentional about the the stories you want to tell, and you're going to get surprises, and you're going to get things to take you somewhere else. But the clearer you are about what you want and need from an interview, the better that interview is, is going to go. But you know something else I, I want to caution is that off and and i've made this mistake i i'm speaking from experience with this one with my own film is you know good interviews don't make good trailers good stories make good trailers and so you know you might have this this kick-ass interview and and the person is brilliant but what they're doing is explaining a story and what you want is people to tell stories and 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 use their interviews to craft a a a story to craft a a a a piece of information and so I'm, as you, you know, it's aside from, I think there's a lot of prep that goes into um, preparing to film something for a trailer or do those, in, you know, those initial interviews. I'd say research, research, research. If you know who you're going to, um, when you, once you know who you're going to interview, maybe they've been interviewed before. Maybe they've been on television. Maybe they have a blog post, read an article that they've written, but understand how they communicate um, and, and what their point of view is. And something else I would, I would highly recommend is pre-interviews. And, and now uh, I, I love the world of Zoom and, and what that's opened up for us because we could do these pre-interviews on Zoom. And I've used Zoom interviews in trailers or bites from Zoom interviews you know, uh, in trailers. So that's something you, know, you may not want that for your finished piece, but, but to help you, you know, get these ideas down. I think that's that's really important, and then it's taking that and uh, um, you know, kind of uh, really being clear about what it is before you, you sit down to talk to someone, because then you can have a real conversation, and then you're not you you can you can genuinely and sincerely be an interested listener, and 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 and, and confidently know what that person you know uh, can give you.
0: Yes. And what you have to listen for is the sound bite you need to make the film go forward. So I've seen it where people had to ask the same question two or three different ways to get
2: get the answer, right? Absolutely. And I mean, if you – something I I find – and some people will will probably not like this, but I I would – you know, I, I tend to ask leading questions. I'll pepper in a piece of the answer in in, in my question, and, and then I'll also be very clear with the person I'm interviewing that I need them to mirror back to me the question that I ask in the in the question. So, for example, if I'm going to ask you what's your favorite color, I can't do much as an editor with the with if you just say purple, that doesn't you know. But my favorite color is purple. Just conveyed a piece of information and so it's being clear about the answer you want and then figuring out ways to ask questions to to get it if you watch 60 minutes they they lead their interviewees all the time they're they're you know it's almost like they're they're feeding them almost and in this case i mean you're, you're trying to you're trying to paint a picture with their words and, and so it, it's uh um, it's it's challenging and it could be fun but I wouldn't you know if you don't get the answer you want yeah, circle back around maybe not right uh, maybe not the next question but kind of just make a mark for yourself and know you're going to circle back to that question at the end of the interview
0: right okay well when you speak about zoom I think that is wonderful I see Zoom as a great benefit for low-budget docs. I'm really into the new short form. It's not a new form, but I mean, short docs are getting hot. People are realizing, I can tell this story in 30 minutes, 25 minutes, and I've got a 30-minute international piece and I can get it on PBS, or I can do this in 60 minutes. It seems the, these are two very good links. And so if you use Zoom and get a good interview, of course you can use that or use it to edit for your trailer. I believe the quality is good enough. What do you think?
2: I think 100%. I think we're in a time where uh, our our uh To 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 engage with social media, you know we don't need uh, uh, to shoot an interview in red necessarily. There's a tolerance for for low resolution video, and I think Carol, I, I and, and, and I, I, I really do think there's an intimacy that you get on a Zoom call that you don't get in a standard sit down interview. There there's a there there's a a, a, a quality of, of um, I guess intimacy is the word I keep coming back to. But you know, you've been on a Zoom call. You've been on the other side of that call. It's not foreign to someone. So I think you get them to be a little more comfortable uh, in a Zoom environment than you would in a you know in a three light setup and, and a small crew, uh, you know, under a hot light
0: exactly because now they're really nervous when you hit the lights and you're testing the sound and the camera comes on it's like oh my gosh because these people may have never been on a professional set or camera before so you're right they are more relaxed on Zoom they're in their home they're dramas whatever they're comfortable and you get a very up close and personal conversation you're right and and, Michael, just think about the money that you're saving by not flying, taking your cinematographer, or taking your sound guy, uh, you don't have the hotel, all of that expense is gone, and you can make a film so much faster this way.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and I mean, and then you can always go back and refilm that interview. You know, you could always and and, and now though, knowing exactly what you're going to get, or or having a better sense of what the, the the subject can deliver. But I think it's it's a great resource and something we should use more, uh, and not shy away from. I, I think it's I, I think this is I I, I think this is going to be a, a consistent uh, uh, feature. And documentary going forward is is lower quality uh, Zoom video, camera phone footage, and things of that nature.
0: Exactly, because it's always the chicken or the egg. You don't know, how can I get the 15,000 to go out, take interviews, make my trailer – uh where do, where does that come from because i can't start raising money without it well if you have uh if you are allowed or allow yourself to use these uh, inexpensive ways to get the information on camera then you're you are giving us two things one that you are very creative you can take a good zoom uh, interview and make it work and that you can create a trailer for a minimum amount of uh, money and use that to raise the money for your film, right?
2: Absolutely. We had a, uh, uh, I did a funding reel for a documentary on um, on the Black Fives, which was uh, the Negro League of basketball. Before the NBA, there was an, an entire professional sports league for about you know forty years before the NBA but one one of the things we didn't have is a a really key interview that we needed and so we went ahead and and did it on Zoom and it worked out perfectly it it, it really uh it really helped us out and it's something that I've I've gone back to a few times since then well <clears throat> let's help
0: uh, people understand what did they have to do to get ready uh to make a trailer so when people come to you and ask uh, you about doing their trailers, do you uh, give them uh, tell them what to give you? Because are you looking for an outline of the film so you know what the story is, or uh, where does it begin?
2: Yeah, I want to know everything I, I possibly can about the film, but even more so why they're interested in making the film. I, I really want to understand. Um, why it's important to them, and what the feeling they're trying to communicate. How do you want the viewer to feel after about your subject after they watch this trailer? Um, so I'm really – I think my focus is always on, on the quality, the the, the feeling tone um, that we're trying to, to communicate.
0: All right. So you asked them to give you as much material that you can read and see and talk about. Well um, – the next thing is, uh, do you do you take people on when they are, before they go shoot their trailer? I mean, when c- people are ready to go shoot their trailer uh, and they call you to hire you, do you give them some guidance on how to get ready for the trailer? Is that what happens?
2: You, you know, I've never been asked. After- to to do that but it's something i'm more than willing to do i i i am happy to 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 kind of set people up because i want to make sure you know you're getting the most out of my time and so i want to set you up so that you can do as much of the you know the heavy lifting as possible before before you pass it off to me because i'm expensive and so you want to make sure you you've you've checked a lot of boxes before you get into the editing process. And something else I'd say, Carol, is, is now, you know, just like with Zoom, it's, it, editing is very accessible. And I think um, we don't have to consider ourselves professional editors to take our content and start playing with it in an editing space. And so you can get a copy of Premiere. You can get a copy of Final Cut. Uh, da Vinci Resolve is a free program. And all of these things you can learn in a day, eight hours of hanging out on YouTube for a day, and you'll be a proficient enough editor to, to assemble, you know, t- take an interview apart and, and, and break out bites and, and things of that nature just to play with it and begin seeing how, how, uh, how it strings together. But I'd say even before that, you want to take your interviews and get those transcribed. And that's a really important uh, resource for me is I I, I lean on my transcripts and I try to cut on paper as much as I can before I start cutting uh, uh, in the program because I only get to see this a a couple of times with fresh eyes. I only get to experience it a few times. And so I want to take it as far as I possibly can on paper and work with the the producer or director that I'm working with to to really get a tight outline, knowing – that once we start editing, that outline may go out the window and it may, you know, we might fall down the rabbit hole and it lead to somewhere else. But we've set an intention, and we're moving towards that intention. And now that, we've, now that we're on that journey, we can allow it to, you know, take us where we want to go. But first, we've set a destination.
0: That's great. That makes sense. Now, tell us, I want you to give us your website and how people can reach you, because I want people to see the trailer that you made uh, for Albizu. It is so well done.
2: Oh, thank you, Carol. Um, the, uh, the trailer for Albizu, you could see, uh, actually, um, all of my work, you could see at mtorresproductions.com, M is in Michael, Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S, productions.com. And you can see all of my uh, post-production work there and some of my shorts. And um, for the Albizu project, you can visit whoisalbizu.com, Albizu, A-L-B-I-Z-U, whoisalbizu.com, and you can see the trailer and, uh, and learn more about the program there.
0: Great. And I want to say that filmmakers seem to love reverend dot com. Their automatic transcriptions are like 25 cents a minute, and they're very good. So uh, consider that. Give it a try.
2: Absolutely. I use Rev for almost everything I work on. It's a great resource. You can take your interview, you upload it, And minutes later, you have a transcription. One thing I I will uh, just remind listeners is please, please, please get time code uh, on your uh, transcriptions. It, It really helps speed up the process when I know I'm going to, you know, 10 minutes and 13 seconds is where I'm going to find that bite versus listening through the interview to find it.
0: Right. Okay. Well, now, here's the big question. How do you as an editor how do you choose what to put in a trailer? I mean, the one you did on zoo is it has a tiny bit of history, explains who the man is. Um uh, so do you do you look for uh what? <laughs> There's so much to go to go through to decide. Do you have a list that you choose that you want you to cover?
2: Know that- that that's a that's a great question right i, I think I, I i i look for the most interesting things that i have right so so the the scenes that already work the the things that, the low-hanging fruit what's working what do i know if i match this piece of of b-roll with this interview it 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 works and it conveys it conveys a message so i'm, I'm kind of not working linear necessarily. I'm not, you know, starting at the beginning and ending at the end. I'm kind of taking everything I have that I know works, building that and then starting to find ways to connect them. And one of the the I think one of the best uh lessons I ever got was I worked with this great uh I had a great mentor named Tom Jones uh over at the Halo group. And he we would watch interviews together. Um, you know, in, pre- in preparing for an edit, and, and he would take notes as as we were watching. But what he would always do is identify what he called the button. That's the that that's that's the ending right there. And, and so we'd clip that off right at the beginning. We kind of had a sense what the last line was going to be, what the last idea was going to be, and so that we can build towards that. So I, I personally, I like to 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 be clear about where I'm going to land this plane um but before i take off and and so if i can get that i think we're in good shape because now i can kind of build an arc i I could you know work my way to there i could i could pepper in some things that will that will pay off at the end of the trailer
0: great i love that and i think that uh, sometimes i'll see trailers and the the beginning is in the middle all right you know what i'm saying yes. that there, some woman says well we need this because it does a b c and it and i've already given you 40 50 seconds and oh okay i got it well that lady should be at the very beginning or close to right
2: and so it, it's, it's the big be- part of the experimentation <laughs> process right you may have ah. you know the perfect opening Uh, you know, two minutes into your, into your, into your edit. So it's, it's really just, that's why I like building, building the the things that are working because now I can move them around. Now I have complete little vignettes that, 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 that are, are, uh, you know, that they could snap into another section of the film neatly or, you know, with, obviously we want to massage them in, but um, that I can lift an entire section and move it around.
0: Yes. Absolutely. I can see that now from talking to you. It makes sense. Well, let's get into the most controversial thing right now, which is what is the length of a trailer? What should it be? What do you think?
2: You know, I, unless you're going for uh, – there, there's, there's lots of schools of thought on this. I just worked on a project where um, the trailer ended up being over five minutes. But it was because they had such a, an enormous amount of great content, they just wanted to show it off. And I kind of cautioned, like, hey, we want, maybe we should scale this back. But ultimately, the filmmaker decided, no, I, I really want to show. They, they were pitching a reality show, and they just wanted to show how much of the world was already built and existed. And you know what? It was the right decision because that's been greenlit. So, you know, so in that case, it was, five, it was over five minutes. Personally... I would love to, you know, I like to see trailers, you know, in that, that sizzle length. You know, I, two minutes, if you could get it in, in two minutes, that's great. If you're doing a uh, uh, a funding reel where they want to see scenes from the film, that could be 10 to 15 minutes. So there's real, there's really no, I I, just, I would say be very uh, attentive to the guidelines of the grants you're applying for and know that you're, you may have three or four versions of your of your trailer or your demo. You know, you may have a 30-second sizzle or teaser. Um, you, you may have something, you know, uh, two minutes uh, for, for, for grants, and then for, for, you know, for big funding, you may have something much longer. So, you know, be prepared to have a, a couple of different versions.
0: I think that's really important. In fact, one way to do it that is called cover your bases is to get a 10-minute trailer a five-minute trailer and a two-minute because those seem to be the ones that are asked for the most if you're going after grants if you get online and start checking I don't have a time limit on my trailers but I like I like a three to five minute trailer uh, if it's a complicated documentary it's gonna take you that long to tell me the story from the angles you want because Sometimes, Michael, people make a film about an issue that's been talked about before, but they're coming at it from a new angle, and that's a very interesting part. That's where the interest is in the film, is this new angle on an old subject. So sometimes they need, in my opinion, uh, the four-minute, three-minute, four-minute trailer, even up to five minutes. I don't mind watching it if it is telling me a good story
2: that 's such a, a great point you make because its it really does and it depends on the story right and how how much you're, you need to convey. For, for your audience to understand what it is you're trying to pull off, and so if it's a simple story, yeah, maybe it could be a little shorter, but you're right if if you're trying to establish characters and perspective and tone and point of view, you may need a little longer to do that and even thinking about my own albizu trailer is it, i think it's it's over five minutes that one as well so again i I don't think there's any uh uh there, there's a, a rules to it. But um, even if it's five minutes, I do think that that, like you said, that first, you know, 15 seconds to 30 seconds, man, you really want to nail the synopsis there or or that sticky story, you know, get it right up front.
0: up front, exactly. Okay, so let's recap for filmmakers and start with – you first. You uh, look. How do you hire an editor? You go online, look at their work, and then make an appointment, talk to them.
2: I, I'd say word of mouth. It's probably how I, I've gotten ninety nine percent of my work, and it's also how I go about finding uh, DPs, editors. Uh, I wanna. I wanna work with people um, that that have been recommended. That that have you know that have uh, gone through the fire with someone else. And so ask your filmmaking friends. Call from the heart. Carol Dean will turn you on to some good people. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Right. You know, there's so many wonderful resources for filmmakers and communities that we can join to to, to kind of find, you know, you're getting into a relationship when you're you're bringing someone on to work on something that you love. And and so I, I think it's important that you vibe with the person you know just as important as their work is is how comfortable you are working with them giving uh giving and getting feedback you really want to you want to be with someone uh that you trust and can be vulnerable around
0: yes exactly and the most thing is to enjoy it because this can be a lot of fun and a lot of creativity mm-hmm. this is one of the most creative parts of filmmaking in my
2: opinion I'm so happy you said that cuz you're right. It should be fun. This whole process should be so much fun. I, I I think I've had the a blast editing trailers because it's 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 the experimentation phase. There's you know, you get to throw everything at the wall. There's no wrong yet. <laughs> and so you really, you know, it it's it's where you get to play the most, I would say in the in the process of making the film. You you you're, you're, you're going to get to really play with what the story is there.
0: When um, years ago, my first experience in the editing room, uh, I, we took the editing we hired it for two hours, and I said to Carol Joyce, my daughter, well, "We we can never use two hours." She said, "Just wait, <laughs> you know." <laughs> and so right. it was. It felt like. 20 minutes went by, and somebody was knocking on the door. And I opened the door, and this guy said, your time is up. And I looked at the watch, and I said, no, we have three more minutes. Slammed the door, ran back over to the editing thing and said, we have to do that. We need another five hours.
2: Because I, love I that.
0: It was so much fun, and it was like a
2: time warp. It really is and and it's so i I, I, I love rabbit holes, and so I, I love <laughs> you know just seeing where 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 a story can take you and and there's just so you know something I, I want to say, Carol, before we get off is that there's so many great resources uh now with YouTube, we have the the capacity to 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 kind of pirate material in some ways to tell the stories that we need to tell. And I wouldn't, you know, obviously, you know, you, need, you want rights and clearances, but when you're making a trailer, you know, it's kind of the Wild West. You can use someone else's music. You, you well, let, let me actually, let me back up a little bit. If you're going to put your content online, then you want to make sure you're, you know, you're, you're clear where your material is sourced from. But I do think there's an opportunity now. There, there's a, a wonderful resource called um, Prelinger Archives. Um, And it's a a library of public domain film footage. So, uh, I mean, you just have hundreds of thousands of hours of of potential B-roll there that can help you tell your story. So I just think we're we're at a a great time in documentary filmmaking where, where with Zoom, with YouTube, we can articulate how it is we want to tell our story. And, and, and there's nothing stopping us from doing that now. That's great. Well,
0: spell that for
2: us. That starts with a P
0: like, Paul?
2: Oh, uh, Prelinger Archives, just like it sounds, uh, P-R-E-L-I-N-G-E-R, uh, Archives. And, and they're a wonderful resource. They have a, a great um, catalog that you can just search with keywords. And, I mean, all of this is public domain, so you're talking mostly uh, Footage from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, but sometimes you know that could uh, I, I've I've told stories about present day rap beefs using archival you know material from <laughs> from the past. So you know there's no limit to what we can uh, what we can do, um, uh, and what we have access to.
0: Yes, all these are great ideas. I think we should use everything we can to get the trailer made because, in my opinion, that's your greatest fundraising tool, your trailer. It Absolutely. says, I am, I'm an artist. I know how to tell a story. I'm good at cinematography. I'm good at sound. Uh, uh, so this gets people over this trust barrier. You know, before they want to give you money, they want to know, do I trust you and do I like you? And so when you show them that you know how to make a film, which is your trailer, this gives them the confidence to write you the $20,000 check to go out there and take real interviews. Now that you've got something off of Zoom and we know what you can do, then we're interested in funding you. That's what happens.
2: Absolutely. If you can make a Zoom video work, you can make you can make anything work <laughs> <That's> <laughs> as a level right. of trust that, that that you've established. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Michael, so much for this information. So, tell us again how people can reach you, please.
2: Oh, uh, through my website uh, mtorres.com. Oh, excuse me, mtorresproductions.com. Uh, you can see my work there, and uh, feel free to reach out.
0: Good. Thank you so much for the work you do, Michael. We really appreciate you.
2: Oh, thank you, Carol. This has been a blast.
0: Okay. Thank you, Claire.
1: Oh, you are welcome, and it was really a pleasure, Michael. I appreciate everything you're doing out there, and I know you're going to
0: continue to do good work.
2: Thank you, Claire. It was great connecting with you, and uh, much love and success to you all.
0: Okay. Thank you, Michael. Bye. Peace.
1: successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com.